Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Scarlett Russell, Entertainment Editor for the Sunday Times Style, and this is Secrets of the Side Hustle, your go-to podcast to find out what it really takes to turn your passion into your career. Each episode, we hear from inspiring female founders who give us the lowdown on how they turn their side hustle into a thriving business. From baking for the stars to sex tech, disrupting the fast fashion industry, and more, In this show, we get the ins and outs and ups and downs of setting up your own company whilst pocketing nuggets of advice along the way. On this episode, my guest is Venetia Archer, founder of Ruby, the app for booking luxury beauty treatments where therapists come to you. That's anything from a massage to a manicure in the comfort of your own home via the click of a button. Ruby started as Venetia's side hustle. Her day job as a geopolitical risk analyst couldn't have been more different. Now, six years on, Ruby employs 1,250 therapists, customers have booked over 200,000 appointments through the app, and Venetia is predicted to make an annual turnover of £7 million by the end of 2022. Let's hear her story. Welcome to the podcast, Venetia. Tell me what is Ruby and what does it do? So you can use the app to book hair, nails, massages, waxing, IV drips, facials, all of the above uh, to you in your home. So um, you can get a therapist to you within 90 minutes. We operate in London, Manchester and Liverpool. And we've been around for six years. 90 minutes, you can truly get out. Is that is that legit? You can yeah. get people within 90 minutes? Yeah, if not faster, but 90 minutes is, you know. How many users do you get a day or a month, weekly? It really fluctuates depending on the season. So, um, you know, as you might imagine, sort of June, <laughs> June, June is busy. Everyone's getting ready for the summer, booking their tans, etc. So that's always a peak. And then October... Um, people are always surprised this is actually our crazy month because of Halloween. Um, so it's almost like our Christmas season. Everyone is going out there, the Halloween parties. I'm a Halloween fanatic. And so I think it's sort of part of our brand DNA that we do Halloween. Um, so this is always a really busy time as well. What's your most popular treatment? Most popular would be nails and hair. Uh-huh. So your go-to, you know, go-to sort of beauty services. So we do a lot of 7am blow dries, you know, people you know about to go to work sitting getting ready for the week so a lot of that and then and then nails i mean presumably this 
app became even more popular post-pandemic when everyone's staying at home and relishing the time for being at home. Did you see a big spike? And and were you able to work at all during lockdown? I'm guessing no. So lockdown was very challenging for us as it was for, you know, everybody. We were unable to operate. So, you know, offering sort of close contact services, we you know essentially had to to, to sh- shut the platform down for the majority of the pandemic. Um, at times, we could resume certain services. Um, it was all, you know, very specific, you know, treatments below the face, below the neck, etc. So, um, you know, there's a lot of sort of back and forth as to what we could and couldn't do. It, you know, it was tough and, you know, particularly so for, you know, all of the freelancers that we work with, you know, so much about what we do is about empowering individual entrepreneurs in the beauty space to build their businesses. And that's exactly what our, our technology does for them. So, you know, while it was very challenging at the time, we tried to do a lot when it came to, you know, working with government to advise on, you know, how to deliver treatment safely. You know, sort of, you know, pretty scary, you know, running the business and not knowing where we were going to be in six months time. But once the pandemic eased and sort of in April of last year, whatever that was, 2021, <laughs> uh, we were able to resume services in entirety. And honestly, We've never had uh, new customer numbers like it. Our, our uh, retained customers came back in droves. So it, it was really fantastic. And I think a lot of that was to do with the fact that people became used to things at home. So we've seen, you know, an even greater, you know, surge in, in at home everything. You know, you want a bottle of water, you mm-hmm. get it in eight minutes with one of these grocery delivery apps. And, and I think it became very normalized as people are working from home more as well. You might be sitting on Zoom and, you know, slightly off screen, move your computer to the right. You know, you're getting your nails done, uh, nails done at home on the left. So that's been fantastic. And also, you know, originally and sort of in our in our early days, you know, we had a really core demographic of women between 25 and 45. And that's completely changed. You know, older audiences, younger audiences, a lot of men using us as well. So, yeah, it's been it's been super interesting. I couldn't have predicted it, but. You know, we're, we're pretty excited as well. How many people do you have working for you now? And what do they do for you? We have a team of 15. So, you know, split between technology, customer service, marketing, and then community and recruitment. So the community and recruitment teams are super busy. Recruiting therapists. Yeah, yeah. So given demand is increasing, we're constantly on a drive to bring on board the best of the best when it comes to the therapists. And obviously that takes time. Venetia set up Ruby in 2016. I asked her what the beauty tech landscape was like at that time and found out more about her career before she took on her side hustle. So back in 2016, there were definitely some amazing technology solutions for beauty businesses. However, they were predominantly aggregators of white space in salons. There'd been sort of listings of all of the salons available in your area and appointments which you could book directly. Mm -hmm. But there was nothing really available for mobile, so for at home and also for a curated edit. So from my perspective, you know, none of us have any time. That's why these platforms exist. You don't want to pay money on a bad treatment. So I thought curation was really, really key. So we've always focused on quality and also the mobile elements. So at home, again, you know, you can spend an hour going to and from a salon or you can get it all done at home and answer a few emails at the same time. So, you know, it's about that convenience too. Your job before you launched Ruby could not have been more different. So please tell me a little bit about what you were doing before you started Ruby. I was a geopolitical risk analyst and my area of specialty was Somali piracy. 
So I left university and I'd studied social and political sciences and was really interested in international relations and politics. And it was absolutely fascinating. And I had, you know, some of the best, most adventurous years of my life doing that. And it was around 2012 when this sort of big, there was a big sort of, you know, moment of Somali piracy ships being hijacked, etc. What were you doing? Were you like right there when that was happening? I was working in London covering it and providing advice to businesses about what was going on on the ground. I'm sitting in Victoria in an office telling people about Somali rights. I don't, you know, yes, I can kind of analyze the information and provide a view and fine. But I thought I need to actually be on the ground. I'm, I'm so interested. I want to know more. And so I got a job working. I was based in Kenya and I started doing the same thing, but from Kenya. And it meant that I had such, you know, cl- like more information on the ground information. I built up a whole source network of people who were based in Somalia, who were, you know, to some degree, in some shape or form involved or had, you know, information around really exciting things like ransom drops and, and everything. So, um, yeah. That was what I used to do. <gasps> Were you ever in a really dangerous situation? I think so, yes. To, like, like sometimes I tell my parents some of the things, you know, I was, I was so young and I thought, you know, I thought it was all really exciting. And now, you know, I'm a mother and I think, <laughs> what was I doing? But yeah, I mean, there was some moments when we went to Mogadishu, you know, still sort of Al-Shabaab operating there. And we had some hectic moments at times. Yeah, I was really pleased when I got home to Nairobi after one of the trips. I was learning a lot. But then at one point, I remember thinking to myself, I can stay here and, you know, life might get a little bit rowdy. I mean, there's a trajectory there. And I thought to myself, it's probably time to go home, to move back to London. At that point, I started thinking, okay, what's next? And that's when I thought to myself, I really want to set up my own business. And I had a few different ideas. And, you know, one day I thought to myself, you know, I've had this idea about on-demand beauty services for so long. I've been waiting for someone to create the app so I can just use it. And I thought, hold on, just do it. Maybe th- this is it. I think this is a great idea. Let's let's go. And it was a moment in time. And the next day I got started. What was your first step? Identifying anyone in my extended network that I could talk to, whether they had built a business themselves or, you know, had been involved in technology in, in some shape or form or could potentially introduce me to people. So was all about information gathering and then the first sort of real step was speaking to agencies like developer agencies to build a product that helped me understand and refine out how I thought the, the what, what the technology solution should look like your initial seed money was a £25,000 startup loan. Where did that come from? So I applied for a loan from Virgin Startup so the biggest amount you could get was 25k so I went in and, and, and got that £25,000 loan and used that to start to build out the product. So it was me working with, you know, a couple of people on the app. You know, I think there's a lot more information, a lot more resources, a lot more people around now. I mean, I I genuinely did a bit of a Google search and asked for recommendations, but it gave us the MVP, minimum viable product, to get Ruby off the ground. It's definitely come a long way. And how did you get the therapists on board? I mean, there was a lot of hustle. At the beginning, we did salon and mobile therapists as well. So I spent hours going and signing them up myself, salons or a mobile beauty therapist. So, you know, there's just a lot of kind of graft and selling a vision of something that didn't necessarily exist. I, I think, you know, that's even today is still one of our biggest challenges is making sure that we have enough, you know, enough amazing therapists who, who we're working with to, to fulfill the demand. But, you know, since the beginning, I've been sort of involved in, in everything. 
Since its conception, Ruby has raised £2.5 million from backers, including the former CEO of Bulgari. And once Ruby's first seed round came in, Venetia was able to step away from her consultancy job altogether. I wanted to know how she gained this financial support, which allowed her to develop her side hustle into her full-time job. After we did the initial loan, we did a sort of small seed round. And that was, again, through angels and family and friends. It was just this moment in time. And that was strangely enough, despite my own experience, that was strange enough, it was the easiest, easiest round. People just loved it. Like they loved the idea. There was nothing else like it. And, you know, they were excited to be part of it. But then obviously over time, you know, the product develops and, you know, things get more challenging. You're starting to raise, you know, greater sums of money. We've predominantly raised from angels and family office. I think I mean, we could have a whole podcast on fundraising. <laughs> it's it's a pretty roller coaster ride. And it's definitely been one of the most challenging things that, you know, we've we, we've had to do. But over time, we've, we've built an incredible network of investors who've, who've supported us along the way. And then how did you start getting clients? How did you get the word out initially? I love the kind of marketing element. I love the sort of guerrilla style hacks and community building ideas and we would do everything i mean we use social media a lot and this was you know again back in you know a few years ago when it wasn't as saturated it is as it is now so you know we blasted out there using you know anyone and everyone that you knew and do offline events like really you know i would invest a lot of my time in being out there telling people about ruby giving people specific recommendations on who to book. Like I really spent my time selling the dream and selling selling the product. What about those early stages do you think you would have done differently? You know, if I started a business now, I would do the whole thing completely differently and probably save ourselves like three years of learnings. But, you know, everything that we did has got us to where we are now and I've learned a hell of a lot in the process. So there we go. Um, <laughs> I read in another interview said when you first launched quite often, we wouldn't have someone available at the time they had booked. So you would have to get on the phone calling every therapist you knew to try and get someone over there to get that manicure covered with those teething issues quite quickly resolved how did you overcome that oh you know and that's like part and parcel of building a marketplace you've got to build both sides at the same time and in the early days it's really difficult you could never quite you know you can never make it work really in the early days yeah we would do just that we would be on the phones i'd be on the phones you know as we sort of built traction as we built like loyalty and you know with our clients and our therapists you know we could start to pull favors and i think by keeping a really open dialogue. Like we really did that in the early days with our customers. We'd explain how the business was growing, how we were evolving, how we were fixing issues. And then with our therapists as well, you know, we, they'd be coming into the office all the time. You know, they know us and we sort of maintain that as part of our culture going forward as well. Where did the idea for the name Ruby? I mean, that was really hard as well. But I was thinking, you know, Ruby is your accessory to luxury. That kind of little treat, that pop of red, that pop of red lipstick, the red sole. And in all things techie, we added a U because we couldn't buy ruby.com. Okay, <laughs> simple as that. You're listening to Secrets of the Side Hustle with Scarlett Russell. There'll be more secrets coming up just after this. Hold up. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome back to Secrets of the Side Hustle with Scarlett Russell. Let's jump back into where we left off. Your mother, you have a two-year-old daughter... I mean, it must be great having your own business. One of the big advantages, I guess, is that you can pick your own hours. That might work quite well around having a young child. How do you manage that aspect, though, and juggle the both of them and know to kind of switch off when you're with her and all of those things that mothers starting businesses might be challenged by? Oh, for sure. I mean, it's a huge challenge. And I think why I feel so lucky to be where I am is, you know, being an entrepreneur, you can decide and define how you work and therefore I can be flexible so at times when I'm really really busy with the business you know I might think oh my gosh I need to be spending more time with Penelope and so you know I'll work from home for two days and be around her I'll leave the office early if I have to to be with her I make sure I see her as much as I can I'm in a really privileged position that I can be because I run my own business and I think you know, for, for mothers out there, being an entrepreneur is, is one of the best things that we can do because it sets you up for flexibility for having a family. It's easier said than done, but I definitely have learned since having a child, you know, how I can make this setup work. But it's hard, you know, it's hard. And switching off is really hard. And if it's a particularly stressful time of the business, I have to work, you know, I have to really, really set my intention to make sure that I'm not stressed out at home or sitting on my phone. For me, I would say to myself, I'm with Penelope, I'm with Penelope and we are playing and I'm fun and I'm mom and everything like that. And then when I'm at work, I'm at work. What does a typical working day look like for you? It's so varied. So either I'm in the office with the team planning out the week ahead and I love those days because I get so much done. Other times I'm running around, meeting different people, working on business development, speaking with investors you know, whatever it might be. So so no week is the same. How have you learned to manage the pressure of making difficult decisions? I suppose that was what you did in your last job, right? What I've learned is to be aware of how I'm feeling. So if I am really stressed, I'll try to minimise extra stuff in the diary. So really try to pare back the week. 
have time where I can walk. I do my best thinking time when I'm walking through the park. So building in that space around me because otherwise things can get too cluttered. And I think we get decision fatigue. If you have so many, so many decisions to make at the beginning of the day, you get worse at it over time. So really trying to minimize that. And that helps me get through those times when I've got really, really big strategic decisions to make. Is it a problem that you have too much demand and not enough therapists ever? That's definitely something that we that we face, but we're getting better at solving that by using data analytics and optimizing our recruitment process and, and various other things. So I read also this in a previous interview that you said we get requests to send masseuses to spend a summer on a boat in the Mediterranean, appointment requests at 3am for jet lag customers. We fulfill them all. It's true. So what is the most bonkers outlandish request you've ever had for a therapist? We get so many of those. You know, we often get very large requests, you know, for a weekend or for a trip. You know, someone might want, you know, 10 therapists to support them. Pretty big jobs like that. Others are looking for a masseuse to come with them, you know, on their boat over the summer. Uh, This all falls within our Black Label membership. So that's our sort of membership tier for the Black Label level of therapist and for being able to deliver solutions like curated experiences, Mm -hmm you know, weddings, events, stuff like that, there is a membership for that. Also, Venetia, you've got some big named users of Ruby. Simon Cowell, Rosie Huntington-Whiteley, Poppy Delevingne. How did you get those guys on board? I think it's a lot of word of mouth, you know. People tell their friends who tell their friends they like the service. I mean, you heard it here. If it's good enough for Rosie Huntington-Whiteley and Poppy Delevingne, then it's good enough for everyone. The idea that I had on day one is very different from what the business is today. It's a completely different business. You know, originally it was silent booking software and now... Oh, so you weren't planning to go into people's homes at all? We had that as a... We had that as an add-on. So it was part of it, but it wasn't the core business. And then that... So that became the core business. And then we've also, you know... we. We also now do so much more when it comes to hospitality. So we work with hospitality groups. We deliver treatments in hotels, et cetera. And in terms of our technology, Ruby PA, which is the tool for freelancers, that is really the core of the business. Um, You know, we built a platform that individuals can use to add their availability, enhance their earnings, work freelance. I mean, we have a couple of people who are air hostesses and they come back to London, they work, you know, a couple of weekends in London, they just turn their app on to deliver treatment. So it's this amazing, flexible solution for people. And I think particularly given, you know, the economic uncertainty that we're going into, I think making sure that that is as optimized and as helpful for people in the beauty industry as as possible is, is crucial. And realizing and not being so kind of determined on the idea from day one, having that flexibility and realizing you know, what I, you know, what I end up building might be different is really, you know, important to to consider. It has been a real pleasure getting to know our female founder on this week's Secrets of the Side Hustle. But I want to go just that little bit further and find out something about them or their business that isn't common knowledge. It's time for Best Kept Secret. We have had a really interesting time, particularly when it comes to fundraising. So that has been probably one of the biggest challenges that I've had to overcome. I remember back in 2019, we we hadn't raised a lot of money. It was hard to grow. This sort of excitement around on-demand beauty had waned. And so, you know, we went to all of the VCs and, and no one wanted to invest. And so it was a real, you know, it was a real moment of, you know, disappointment and, and I kind of questioned what I was doing. And that was a real 
a real challenge. But what I learned from that was, you know, if people are saying no, then they might be the wrong people and went out to a whole different kind of segment of investor and subsequently achieved success there. So, you know, that was a really hard time. And, and, and I guess it was a failure at that point, but there was a way, you know, there was a way through. I mean, that's interesting. If you, if you're looking for investment, you get a lot of no's. It's not necessarily oh. your idea. That's the problem. It's the people you're approaching. So try different people. That's yeah. great advice. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, always kind of look forward. If you get a no, reach out to another 10 people who might say yes. It's almost time to say goodbye to our female founder this week. But before we do, let's have one more moment of inspiration with our Quote for Quote, where we share uplifting quotes with the hope to motivate you to pursue what you're passionate about. This is a quote from Michelle Obama, legend, icon. So she said, you should never view your challenges as a... This actually ties in so well to what we've just been talking about. She says, you should never view your challenges as a disadvantage. Instead, it's important for you to understand that your experience facing and overcoming adversity is actually one of your biggest advantages. I feel like you can speak to that a lot with your business. You have to take those challenges and use them as an advantage rather than a disadvantage. Absolutely. And my quote that I that I wanted to talk about is 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 similar. So Ariana Huffington said, fearlessness is like a muscle. I know from my own life that the more I exercise it, the more natural it becomes to not let my fears run me. Love it. What is the future of Ruby? What do you want to achieve over the next year, five years, 10 years? I have incredible ambitions for the business. Uh, and I really think, you know, I've, I've been so sort of re-energized over the past, you know, sort of couple of years. And so continuing to do what we do, we want to really make sure that Ruby is there as a tool for people in the beauty space to, you know, to generate better income and deliver a seamless service for customers who who, who need their beauty treatments done at home. So let's try to get that 90 minutes down to 30 minutes and we can go from there. And lastly, tell me your favourite life lesson that you would pass on to anyone listening who's thinking about starting a side hustle. So I think it's all about your own community, making sure that you have people around you, not just those who are more experienced. Yes, they're really important. Get advice from them. But also your tribe, people who are starting businesses at the same time, who are dealing with the same issues as you are. You need to talk to other people at the same boat or you feel really alone. And over the past year and during the pandemic, I've been so, so grateful for the women around me, the particularly women who've helped me. And I would say that's probably the most important thing. Fantastic. Oh, it's been such a pleasure talking to you, Venetia, and listening to the story of Ruby. If you're listening and you want to know more, download the app. And if you're in London, Liverpool, Manchester, start booking some treatments. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. You've been listening to Secrets of the Side Hustle with Scarlett Russell and our fantastic female founder this week, Venetia Archer. The series producer is Anya Pierce. If you enjoyed what you heard, why not follow the podcast so that you never miss an episode? And you can listen back to all our previous episodes on the Free Times Radio app or download them from wherever else you get your podcasts. I'll be back with more Secrets of the Side Hustle next week. Thank you. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.